Hello. Hello, my dear fellow empath, my dear friend. Welcome back to the Elevated Podcast. Welcome back or welcome if you're new here. I'm your host, Lisa. I am an empath coach and energy reader. I'm the Elevated Empath. You're joining a community of Elevated Empaths who embrace their duality, harness their empathic superpowers, and live consistently as their authentic soul energy. I'm really excited to get into today's topic. So a couple things before we get started. And as you can tell by the title, this is going to be a really interesting topic. So we're going to talk all about it. But first, a couple updates. As I mentioned before, I signed up for an OnlyFans. Yes, you heard that right. The Elevated Empath is on OnlyFans. We're going to start posting on there. We're going to start talking about edgier things that TikTok won't let me talk about. I've been, you, you've probably seen it. I'm getting a little annoyed at how much I'm being censored for no reason. And everybody else is doing the same shit I'm doing and worse. But I know that a lot of people are also getting censored kind of randomly. So you know what? I'm just going to take things over to OnlyFans where I can express myself so on there, you'll be able to DM me your questions and we're going to, we're going to be able to talk about edgier things. It's going to feel so liberating. I also want to let you know that I have one one-on-one coaching spot open in May. So if you're interested in one-on-one empath coaching with me, we dive into uncovering your roots, your limiting beliefs. We rewrite your limiting beliefs and we're going to talk about limiting beliefs today. We're going to work together to rediscover your authentic self, which naturally leads to manifesting your ideal life. I also do Akashic Records readings if you're interested in communicating with your spirit guides, your spirit team, and animal communication readings for a soul connection to your pet. And I'm so glad that everybody loved the animal communication episode and everybody's interested in getting a reading for your pet. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It was last week's episode. You can learn more about all of my offerings at lisabtag.com, L-I-S-A, B as in boy, T as in Tom, A-G.com. I also have launched two instant downloadable PDF guides for instant guidance and support. The link is in the description below to get your guides. One is all about elevating your empathy And the other is about spiritually syncing with your menstrual cycle. So they're both $33. If you purchase them both together, you can get it at a discount for $55. Let's get into it. So today on the podcast, we are talking about the empath narcissist cycle. (gasps) Finally, we're going to talk about why empaths attract narcissists, how to leave and heal the relationship and create healthier relationships in your future and how to detect narcissists as you move forward. There's a lot there's a lot that we're going to talk about here. Before we get into that, don't forget to like, comment, share this episode, subscribe, follow, write a review and write in to tell me what you think about this episode and what you'd like me to talk about next. Let's get into it. I have to be very honest. This is going to be maybe the, okay. I see, I can't even get the words out. I have to be honest. I have sat down to write and podcast this episode 
so many times, probably in the last year, like it's been that long. And, and like whenever I try to do TikToks about it, it's hard for me to, every time I sit down and do it, I get very energetically drained and exhausted. I am determined to conquer this this week. (laughs) And, you know, I, I feel like I'm in such a better place now to be able to talk about the empath narcissist cycle, share my experience and shed some light on how I healed my empath narcissist relationship of 10 years. I think finally opening up about this will be healing for me. And I hope that it will give you some insight on how to heal your own relationships. And as we move through this, you know, if this sounds like somebody that you know, or somebody else is in the relationship that, that this sounds like I would love for you to share this with them and just let me know if this, you know, makes sense for you or has helped you in some way. I, you know, this is going to be kind of a, this is going to be an interesting one for me and I, 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 we're going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to share this with you and finally get this off my chest, you know? Um, so let's get into it. If you identify as an empath, you probably do if you're listening to this episode, but you're someone who absorbs the thoughts, opinions, energies, emotions of other people and experience them as your own. You might find yourself attracting a lot of narcissists. Now, this is all a spectrum and I'm not a psychologist. I'm not diagnosing anyone, but people can have empathic tendencies and not be a full-blown empath and people can have narcissistic tendencies and not be a full-blown narcissist. It's a spectrum. But typically people on opposite sides of this spectrum find themselves in relationships, romantic and otherwise. Why is that? The empath tends to be a people pleaser. They go very hand in hand. They want to see the good in everyone. And honestly, they can be a little bit gullible at times and think that everybody else operates the same way. Everybody else wants to give all their love to everyone else. Everyone else is kind of empathic and feels that way. The narcissist loves the world catering to them in any way, shape, or form. The narcissist loves to take the empath's caring and open and soft energy. The empath loves to people please and lift up that narcissist. It's also a classic case of opposites attract I think on some su- some subconscious level, the empath is really intrigued by the fact that the narcissist is so degaff and towards other people. And I think the narcissist is so intrigued by the empath's true ability to empathize with other people. So this dynamic often brings the two into a toxic push and pull relationship. If you're an empath, you could attract narcissists in your family, your friendships, your romantic relationships, coworkers, bosses, and you could have major extreme energy drainage if the relationship and your energy isn't managed. So what is a narcissist? Let's talk about it. Um, people are throwing around these terms, empath and narcissist, a lot to the point where it's it's really important to be able to define what they both are so that it's very clear. I think people want to, I've actually been talking to a lot of people about this. We have a tendency to want to label everything and sometimes it doesn't need labeling. So we kind of over label a lot of the times, but and, and it's our human nature. We want to be able to give a word to something. But sometimes 
labeling, over-labeling happens. So an empath is somebody, as I said, who absorbs the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and energies of other life forces around them and experience those energies as if they are their own, and sometimes without even realizing it. Narcissistic personality disorder is a long-term pattern of abnormal abnormal behavior, exaggerated sense of self-importance, excessive need for admiration, lack of empathy. This is all according to the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. The narcissist will love bomb, gaslight, be extremely charming to manipulate our minds. So what makes a narcissist? What creates this? It can be a result of genetics. It can be early childhood detachment where the baby didn't have any bonding with their mother or their parents or neglect from parents or a chaotic childhood where they had to harden up and focus on their needs to survive. So this is why I always say that we are all empathic to some degree. Even the narcissists have absorbed some type of trauma in their childhood that have hardened them to create a lack of empathy for others in order to survive. So how to spot them in a romantic relationship? I'm going to be talking mostly about romantic relationships today, but they can, you know, come up in all different aspects of your life. I think romantic is just, I have enough experience in it and I find that it's what I work with my clients most on is kind of more of the romantic relationships while we'll talk about this. It often comes from you having a narcissist kind of in your childhood um, that has kind of influenced your perspective of them. So I'll get into that. So how to spot them. Usually they expect you to comply with their needs, first and foremost. They can manipulate your emotions to make you comply with whatever they want. They gaslight and distort your reality so that it fits their reality, So they're like, that's not reality. Like, what are you thinking? You know, like, that's not what's actually happening. They talk over you. Everything always comes back to them in the conversation. They have no desire to care for others or show anyone respect. They really truly believe that the world should revolve around them. And they tend to love bomb you. And the biggest thing is that they isolate you from your friends and family so that you have to rely on them for whatever it is physical, material things, or emotional things. Of course, there's a spectrum. Like I said, someone could have narcissistic traits while on the other side of the spectrum of narcissism, they could be a malignant narcissist, which has some traits that overlap with sociopathy. If they have some traits, the relationship could be workable, but typically a true narcissist will be unwilling to change their ways, go to therapy, or do any of the inner work to create healthier relationships. And that's something to keep in mind. So this makes it incredibly difficult for the empath to let go of the relationship. They want to help the narcissist. We're people pleasers. We want to make people's lives easier. We want to help people. We want to make it work and We idealize the potential in them, and we feel guilty when we have to step away. Empaths often can't see through this false front that the narcissist so effortlessly puts forward. So how to spot them in other areas of your life. If you are in a workplace and your boss or your coworker will, you know, if they're a narcissist, they'll often get aggravated when something doesn't go their way. 
And I know that we've all had bosses like this, some verbal and emotional abuse to make you conform to their needs, demand compliance, or threaten to have you fired in kind of extreme examples. In a family setting, narcissists will often manipulate your emotions, make you comply with their needs, not give you anything in return, and really feel no empathy for you. There's no reciprocal stuff going on. There's a tendency for the empath to keep attracting narcissists because maybe they grew up with one or they feel they need to heal childhood people pleasing through another narcissist. So what's in it for the narcissist? This is a question I get a lot. Why? Why? Like what is in it for them? Why do they have to do? Why do they feel like they have to manipulate me? What's in it for them? It's all about having power over someone else. In their eyes, power and taking other people's energy gives them the entitlement and the pompous empowerment they want. If you want to go listen to Power Dynamics and Sex, that's oft- that's a really good kind of reference point for power dynamics in kind of all versions of life. I talk about it in sex, but it really applies to all aspects of life. So that's a really good episode to go to and listen It makes it that much more important for an empath to claim their power back. There's a tendency for the empath to want to completely give up their power and totally surrender to the person. There's a tendency for us to want to surrender that power because, you know, maybe it's a childhood thing, but also there's something so that feels so romantic to be able to give your power to someone and just kind of surrender into that quote-unquote love that isn't really true love. It's more about power. It's so much easier to just fall to the narcissist's ways. But the empath can get really drained and really exhausted if they do. They can lose their sense of self. They can rely on the narcissist. And the narcissist often can't show up to that relationship in the same way. The narcissist will just suck the energy dry in the empath without any reciprocation. It's also so important for the empath to maintain their energy and their power as they deal with the narcissist. And we'll talk about how to do that. So let's talk about my experience with narcissists. Ooh, I just got like a dropping feeling in my stomach once I said that. Okay. We'll get into it. So obviously I've been hesitant to share this all, mostly because I've only recently separated from a narcissist. I had a kind of relationship with for like almost 10 years. I always felt that I couldn't talk about it honestly because I was still engaging with it and not living what I preached to my community. Only recently have I seen everything with clear glasses and understood the need to eliminate that relationship from my life. And after I did that, I was able to honestly manifest a lot and a lot of, you know, wonderful clients and wonderful followers. And it was just so evident that that was a big block that was holding me back. So this relationship, I've talked about it in my past lives episode. I have tons of past lives with him and I'm not going to get into the depths of the relationship today because it's 10 years long. We'll be here forever. And it's not the time to divulge all of that. I also want to practice what I preach and not give it more energy than it deserves, of course. So we met when I was in such a pivotal moment in my life. Like I was very young and the relationship really shaped 
my perspective on other relationships and my sex life for a really long time. We were never actually boyfriend and girlfriend, which is a crazy thing, but not the crazy thing because he's a narcissist and can't feel emotions, right? And he expected the world to revolve around him. If I didn't give him what he wanted in his timeline, he would act out, blackmail me, demand compliance. I was never allowed to ask for anything in return. He was always late, did things his way. I had no, I had to do what he wanted and there was no other way around it. I don't think I was old enough or experienced enough to recognize it until the past few years as I went to therapy and coaching to help me see what he was really doing. You know, love bombing, gaslighting, manipulating, textbook, you know, and he had no respect for anything or anyone in my life. So you're like, okay. Lisa, come on. Why did you stick around? Lisa. (laughs) Uh, So uh, (laughs) I felt a really strong connection to him. Again, I met him when I was really young and he kind of like shaped the way that I saw relationships and sex. So I felt that strong connection to him. Also, the past lives that I've talked about. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. Maybe you'll look at it from a different perspective after listening to this episode, but I would, I had this desire to help him or change him and make him feel emotions for me. Like it was, it was always kind of in the back of my head. Like, I think he does care about me and feel something for me. How can I make them, him show that in some way? And like, I tried to get my power back by doing that and that doesn't work. And I would isolate myself. I would stop telling my friends about seeing him, especially within these like last few times I went back. I definitely stopped telling my friends about him. Maybe some of my friends are going to be listening to this like, huh? (laughs) Whoops. Um, I really, I really did think, I really think I thought I could make some form of a relationship or sexual relationship work on my terms. And I did this time and time again. I would tell him to stop contacting me. I would set boundaries. And somehow, energetically or with his direct words, he would manipulate and love bomb me back into bed with. I don't say any of this to play the victim. It was absolutely my doing and my decisions to not seek help or do things differently next time. Like, especially within the last year, I knew what I was doing. I knew that I wasn't living with my word. Every time I cut off communication with him, like I said, abundance in my life just flowed in so easily. And every time I re-engaged, clients and money and manifestations would come to a halt. It was so clear. Clear as day. And I tried to make negotiations with myself, uh, with my spirit team, to keep a sexual relationship for fun. But as we all know, as we all know, sexual empathy is a real thing. And I would feel energetically hungover for days after spending just a couple hours with him. I made the age old mistake. I kept going back, expecting different results and getting the same results. How did I finally see the light? Hmm... How did I finally see the light? I, like I said, within the past like times, I knew what I was doing and I knew that it was a block and I knew that I needed to do the inner work, right? Like 
And then there's a difference between knowing that you need to do the inner work versus actually doing it, right? It was honestly such a small thing that he did that I had told him an infinite number of times that I wasn't okay with. And for the five billionth time, I decided enough is enough. What am I actually getting out of this? And if you're saying, if you're on the on the other side of this conversation, because this my podcasts are always open conversations. If you're saying on the other side of this, maybe you were getting an orgasm. You would be wrong. I wasn't getting that really that much. <laughs> you're like, Lisa. I know. So I went no contact. The heart knows when enough is enough. Let me say that one more time. One more time. One, two, three. The heart knows when enough is enough. And I had finally had it. I stopped responding. So in the past, I would block him, of course. He would text me from another number or I would be curious if he was trying to contact me and I would unblock him. And then the energy of that is just like crazy. So not blocking him right now is a choice that's working best for me and just going no contact, not engaging and staying strong. He also made me doubt myself and have absolutely no trust in myself. So in the past, I haven't trusted myself when I say all of those times I said, I'm done. You know, I was like, I'm done. You know, when someone says I'm done and then you just like know that they're not. Um, I felt that way. I felt like I didn't trust myself every time I said that. And this time I really am. And I'm committing to you all in this moment that I am done. How good does it feel to say that? For me, this acts like an addiction. So if you're feeling similarly or seeing similarities in one of your relationships, I want you to know that you have the power and you have the ability to step away and you can heal from this. I was like determined to get through this, <laughs> this episode without showing emotions, but here we are. It's okay. So how to heal and leave a relationship with a narcissist? Uh, no contact is the first and most effective strategy in dealing with a narcissist. Not feeding their demands and really, really, truly isolating yourself from them is the best way to go about this. And boundaries are vital for an empath. We talk about this all the time. Boundaries are so important. So if it's a relationship that needs to stay in your life, standing firm in those boundaries, setting clear boundaries with them is important. Narcissists tend to want to break those boundaries, even if it's just a little bit. Like, even if it's the smallest break of the boundary, because it makes them feel powerful, makes them feel like they have the power back because they've broken your boundary. They have, they're like, oh, she's breaking her boundaries for me, right? So anything that you can do to maintain those boundaries is best. So when you do have to interact with them, my biggest piece of advice is to be a machine when you're dealing with them. One word answers, no emotion match their emotionless energy. Keeping the emotions and the energy at neutral is so important. So this is something I've run into with clients in the past. We tend to want to take that power back and demand that we have the power over them. So there are ways, like we want to build our energy up to the 
upper region of emotions like bliss and love and happiness and joy as before we have to go interact with them or after we interact with them. The reality of that is if they bring you back down to the despair, they will. They naturally will bring you back down to the lower vibrations, sadness, depression, anxiety, stress, whatever it is. It will make those highs and lows feel so much more intense. So my my advice most of the time is to keep things neutral. Be an observer of what's, of what's happening. Observe the emotions that are coming up more neutrally. Observe the energy. Keeping it neutral and like a machine with no emotion just is you're able to kind of keep things more manageable when our energy is brought back down they take the power again we feel defeated so making sure that things are neutral energetically emotionally emotionally creates less highs and lows so if you have a boss or a coworker that you have to interact with feeding their ego inflating their ego is actually like a good way to kind of work with your boss or coworker. And I know that can feel hard sometimes to inflate their ego when you don't want to, but if it's a work setting and you just have to get through the day to day, that makes them feel it just like alleviates a lot of the the pain or the struggle or the tension because you can just inflate their ego and they feel powerful and you can kind of just step away. Setting firm boundaries with your work and managing your energy after you work will help you make it through the day to day. Um, another thing that we can work on in one-on-one coaching, understanding what those boundaries are for you and managing the energy that works best for you. Also, tons of resources on my website and in my guides as well. Understanding. This is the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing. Listen closely. This is the biggest thing for all empaths, all people. But I put this in the work environment because it just comes up there a lot, but it comes up in every single relationship we have. You have to understand that it isn't your responsibility to make people's lives easier. We are people pleasers. We want to make their lives easier. It's not your responsibility. It's their responsibility. It's your responsibility to make your life easier. So unless it has something to do with your job, you need to set boundaries and realize that it's not your responsibility to make their life easier. I'm sure if you're listening to this, I know, I know you put 110% into your job. I know that you put everything, your heart and soul into your work. You can do like 95%. You can bring it down to maintain your energy. Energetically, this is kind of where it becomes the hardest to separate the relationship between an empath and a narcissist because we want to hold on to the energy of it a lot of the time. So there are a few things, cord cutting, honorable closure, working with a coach or therapist, removing the fantasies. These are all key components of releasing the energetic hold it has on you. So cord cutting meditations are great. I didn't find that they were really that effective for me until I was actually ready to let go and separate this relationship. Cord cutting works for some people. I feel like it's kind of one of those things that isn't really that effective. 
if you're not doing the additional inner work around it. But it can be a good visualization technique if that works for you. Honorable closure is kind of a, I think a shamanic thing. Don't quote me on that. You go out into nature, you find a stick, you declare that this relationship is over, you're done with it, and you break the stick, walking away, never looking back. So those are kind of more the energetic things that might help you with that. So for me, what worked worked best, honestly, was working with a coach. My anxiety coach was especially helpful for me as I navigated this relationship. And especially working with a coach who's maybe gone through it before, and my coach had. So I felt very comfortable talking to her about it because she understood that desire to want to keep going back to them, right? So it's really important to speak to someone about the relationship and have them hold you accountable It's also really important to speak with someone who won't judge you or force you to make changes. They'll hold you accountable in making small changes. But what I, you know, this was kind of in, when I was in the depths of it, I was working with a coach and a therapist, I think at the same time, my therapist was like, no contact, block him. And I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to hold to that. My coach was like, try a day. Try one day of not talking, right? Little increments. It doesn't have to be black and white, though that is very helpful. But in the beginning, maybe it needs to be a little bit gray. Maybe you need to kind of pull back a little bit here and there so that you can feel easier going into it. And working with a coach was helping helped me realize why I felt the need to keep going back. Like what is the why behind all of that, right? You need to feel safe with the person, the coach, the trusted friend, so that they can guide you to see the light yourself. If you ever leave a relationship for, for someone else, you'll only go right back to it. It's just like addiction. You have to do it for yourself. So the biggest part for me was releasing the fantasizing, the romanticizing of the relationship and not operating from the heart anymore. As empaths, we have this tendency to romanticize and hope for a better outcome, but we really need to see it for what it clearly is, a toxic relationship that will stay a toxic relationship. You have to go no contact in cold turkey in your dreams and fantasies also. So there is a, there's that, especially if like, as I know that we have past lives together very like there were intimate ones and you know happily ever after ones so there's this like soul connection that you kind of want to hold on to you kind of have to make peace with the fact that they're not operating from the soul in this lifetime they're operating in their human existence and their human existence has made them you know a narcissist and so they're not operating from the soul or with love and you have to make peace with that that separation. Another key in healing that relationship was building the trust in myself that I wasn't going back. So believe me, I went back time and time again, probably like 4,444 times. And each time I said, I'm done. I'm not going back. He's an asshole. It's over. 
don't contact me, right? I didn't trust myself every time I said that. So it was once I built an extremely strong sense of myself and my sexuality, because that was such a big part of our relationship. And I felt like I needed to have sex with him to validate my sexuality. So I built this very strong sense of self and my very strong sense of sexuality so that I didn't feel like I needed him anymore. Then I was able to realize what I truly wanted in my partner. I was able to trust myself again that I wasn't going to go back. It it was such a subtle shift. But anytime I doubt that again, I remember that I have the control and the power over my actions. And it further confirms my trust every time I do that. I often say to myself, and this is a really good mantra, if you feel like you're stuck in the same cycles or the same patterns over and over and over again, a mantra that I love, what a beautiful opportunity to do things differently this time. One, two, three, one more time. What a beautiful opportunity to do things differently this time. So the relationships can keep coming up. And especially if you haven't healed it, like the the universe is just going to keep sending you more narcissists until you do the inner healing and all of that. The relationships can keep coming up. So it's really important to spot them as you move forward because you can keep attracting them. Because the reason you keep attracting them is because the universe wants you to resolve it. You There's a tendency you want to resolve the relationship and reclaim your power through other narcissists. But it's not your job to conquer narcissists. It's your job to find healthy, loving, and reciprocal relationships. The purpose of these relationships isn't to torture you or to make you feel worthless. There's so many lessons about centering yourself and loving yourself, coming back to your power and coming back to yourself and understanding yourself in, in, in an even deeper way. There's lessons in having choice, decision-making and leaving your victim state and reowning that energy. They are necessary and beautiful lessons as you navigate your self-love and ownership. The beautiful part about Leaving this relationship for me, one of the beautiful things was the second I was like, nope, no more. I'm done. I went on, I like manifested a date with a really wonderful person right after. Someone who was so much more aligned with what I was looking for. And the universe was only showing me that all I want is absolutely out there and I am worthy of it. So something to ask yourself as you heal this relationship. This is a big one. Listen closely. How did that narcissist make me think I wasn't worthy of something better? What did he say? What did he or she or they say? What did they do to make me think I wasn't worthy of something better? Who is my ideal romantic sexual partner? Get clear on this. Who is my ideal partner? probably not somebody who cares only about themselves. I realized that a lot of the manipulation within the relationship convinced me that I wasn't worthy of what I wanted in a partner and that maybe that was the best I could get. 
Because I'm just kind of thinking more generally, he would say things like, oh, I don't think you can find somebody that's like sexual and romantic in the same person. That's not true. But I started to believe that. And so none of that is true for me or for you. So how can you not only reframe your perspective on what true love and partnership looks like for you, but how can you accept it and allow true love in your life? That's the big thing is accepting it, right? I'm nodding. You're nodding with me, right? The most incredible part of leaving this relationship is looking forward to all the wonderful relationships in my future that aren't toxic or manipulative, but loving and accepting and sexy and everything I desire. That universe, that universe absolutely rewards us when we reclaim our power and stand firm in it and not allow that manipulation to dominate our belief system. So it's one thing to step away from this relationship and, you know, physically leave it. It's another thing to emotionally leave it behind and rewrite the story so that in the future, you can have this belief system that not all men are narcissists or not all... Whoever you date are narcissists, rewriting that belief that you are worthy of some someone that gives you a reciprocation of a relationship, right? So, as I said before, you are not alone. It's something that I love to work with my clients on and help them heal from these relationships and reclaim their power and their ability to create healthy relationships. So if you're interested in coaching with me, the link will be below and I'm happy to guide you through that process and help you heal. How do we feel? I feel great. (laughs) Lisa, you cried a little bit. I did. I'm fine. I'll tell you why I was crying. This is a an episode and a blog post that I have been trying to talk about for like a year and always felt that weight, you know, like, you know what I mean when your throat chakra just blocks right up and you have that lump in your throat and it's because, you know, A, I'm not, I wasn't living from an authentic state. So like, how could I talk about it? Right. And It was also pretty heavy of a weight on me still. It's still kind of, it doesn't feel as heavy because I feel so free from it. And that's why I was crying because I am just really proud of myself. I just want you to know that it's doable and you can break this cycle and these habits and you can, Even if you still have to interact with them, there are ways to heal the relationship so that you can't be drained by them anymore and that it won't affect your future relationships. So I appreciate you in listening to this episode where I felt like I could heal from talking about this and hopefully give you some insight in this relationship that we so often attract into our lives. Please reach out to me and let me know. 
if this resonated with you and how I can support you. And the links will be below for one-on-one coaching and all of that. So you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at The Elevated Empath. Go check out my offerings and my website at lisabtag.com and you can learn more about one-on-one empath coaching, Akashic Records readings, and animal communication readings. Don't forget to like, follow, share, share this episode with people in your life that you think it would help. Subscribe, write a review, and I hope you feel so elevated. I'll see you next time.